0: Christmas tree red-handed and she said what are you doing and he thought of a lie and he thought it up quick and he said to her oh there's a light out on this tree I'm going to take it up to my shop and bring it back with me I'll bring it back to you in that the way the devil is he disguised himself in fact, even this poor little dog, man, he put a reindeer horn on him so heavy that the dog turned over and finally just cut a few of them off until he stood back up, and you understand. But, but what I want you to know is this. Uh, he thought he would stop Christmas from coming, and as you saw in the clip, he said, you know, it came anyway. It, it came regardless That he had stolen everything because he looked down and he expected to hear the sound of sad, but he heard that yahoo, dore, all that stuff. And he said, when I wanted to hear the sound of sad, lo and behold, I heard something, but it was the sound of glad. I had not stopped Christmas from coming at all. And then he sits there and he ponders and he puzzles till his puzzler was sore. And then he thought of something that he hadn't before. You see, and he realized then that Christmas was more than just gifts and trinkets and toys. He brought everything back. You know, when his heart grew, uh, I wish I could have shown you that his heart grew, and then he had the strength of ten Grinches plus two, and he brought everything back. And even the old Grinch himself carved the roast beast when they got to town. So uh, here's what I I want you to know about this today. You say, "Now, "Now, what has that got to do with?" "'Tis the season to believe." Let me tell you this, the people of Whoville believed in Christmas and they had Christmas even though the Greeks thought he had stolen it. And what I'm trying to tell you is this, if God has promised you something and you are believing in that, every demon in hell can't stop it from happening. <laughs> If you can believe God regardless, I don't care how many Grinches are out there, and I don't care how disguised they are, because when those who's got up, they stayed true to the faith. They believed anyway. They got up, and they weren't moping and groping and saying, we don't got no toys, and he stole Christmas and all this. No, 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 no. Christmas was in their heart. And they were able to look through the the tangible things that was now gone, to the intangible knowing that, that, in other words, that has to do with what you can touch and what you can't touch. So here's the deal. The question begs is what do we do when things don't look right? What do we do when things don't look right? What did the people of Hooville do? They got up and they mustered up a song anyway, and they sang their song anyway. I wish we Christians could learn something from how the Grinch stole Christmas And sing our song anyway. When we've had the bad report, when we've seen the bad news, when, uh, you know, it didn't work out for us. And because a lot of people serve God for what they can get out of him. God, if I can get this new car, if I can get this new loan, if I can get this house, if my girlfriend comes back, hello? And we give all these conditions to God. But I want to tell you something. I heard Joel Osteen a few months ago uh, as he talked about believing God in spite of everything else. When you don't get what you expected, when the loan don't come through, and when the kid don't get healed, we simply say that, God, you are still in charge. I want you to know in this season it is the season to believe. It is the season where the rubber meets the road and those walkers are separated from talkers. You see, this is when our faith is really put to the test. Do we stay the course when things don't look right or do we fall apart in the face of adversity? Do we stay the course when things don't look right? Perry Noble uh. uh former pastor of New Spring Church and founder of New Spring Church. I, I'll never forget listening to him in a leadership podcast. And I was going through a, a pretty tough time. We were trying to build this church and trying to get the loan approved to build this church. And he came to me at the right time because he said, I had a guy at this time, they were running several, several hundred people, uh, maybe even a thousand, I don't know. But they had not yet built their first campus, but they, lead, they needed something stupid like $11 million. There's a pile of money. And um, he said, one of his closest buddies and friend and confidant in ministry, his tithe check alone represented 65% of the total church budget. Now, if I need to help you out, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And he said... You know, we had this plan and we had this dream because we've been operating in storefronts and now we're getting bigger and bigger. and We've got to build a campus that is ours. So we're just tearing down and setting up and all, all these things that we're doing. We've got to do it. And he said, my friend and confidant and my buddy come to me one day and said, Perry, I've thought about this and, and it's just not the right time. And uh, I don't think we should build right now. Well Perry, being the pastor of the church, having the vision from the Lord, says, "Come on, brother, God has birthed this vision for the church, and you know we've got to go for it." And so after days of prayer and seeking the Lord and whatever, the guy come back to him and says to him, and said, "If you go on with this, I'm not going with you." And so he took his 65 percent of the budget and parted ways. Perry said, "I was devastated. He said, because now there's no church. We can't, there's no way to build. There's 65% of the budget is gone. He said, and I went to pray and I was seeking God. And I was crying and I was just distraught. And I asked the Lord about building, and he says to me, Perry, my plans have not changed one bit because he left. My plans have not changed one bit because he had 65% of the budget. I've got all of it. Now, now listen, that's reassuring, amen? But I know what it's like for the bank to tell you you're $200,000 short of building this building. It's a scary thing. So where do you stand when it don't turn out like you wanted it to turn out? And it's not so picture perfect. You gotta believe You've got to believe. I can't help but think about a fellow in the Bible by the name of Gideon. Do you remember Gideon? We find him in Judges 6 and 13. He is replying to the angel of the Lord, and he says to them, if God is on our side, you know, you know, where are all of the wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, you know, that they brought us up out of Egypt? Where is the miracles if God's on our side? Why has all of this evil befallen us? In other words, what he's saying is it don't look right. You're telling me God loves me. You're telling me God is with me. You're telling me I'm a mighty man of valor, and I'm having a hard time letting that register because everything I'm seeing ain't matching up with what I'm hearing. Ooh, that one hit home, didn't it? And some of you are looking at your personal situation. You're looking in your mailbox. You're looking on your table. You're looking at your job and in your family relationship and all of these things and saying, if he's God, he sure got me fooled because this thing ain't working out for me. And I'm trying my best, but I'm not seeing it. I want you to know God still loves you. I want you to know God can still take that bad situation. God can still take that incarceration. He can still take that bankruptcy. He can still take that affair. He can still take all of these things and work them together for the good of them that love him. If thou canst believe. All things are possible to him. So, So how do you survive when everything is gone? When, listen, when you believe beyond the tangible, I can touch this bottle of water. I know it. I feel it. It's here. But if Josh said, Pastor, I'm going to bring you a glass of water, but it ain't here yet. You know what I have to do? I have to believe. And when I believe beyond what I can feel, it becomes faith. Faith is the substance of what we hope for, the evidence of what we don't yet see, Hebrews 1 and 1. And Hebrews 11 and 6, or Hebrews 11 and 1, Hebrews 11 and 6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For those who, uh, you know, come to God must first of all believe that He is God and that He is a rewarder. But let me back up. If we come to Him, He says, we must believe. It's the season to believe. Believe that He is God, and that He does reward those who diligently seek Him. I got a friend of mine in ministry. His name is Damian Salazar. Twenty-one days ago, his daughter had a terrible ATV wreck. I was in Columbus, uh, Georgia, um, and we were on vacation, and it was it was very, very bad. Uh, The doctors said that night that she would not see the morning. She had a traumatic brain injury. She had both hands broken, both feet, legs broken. Her arm was broken. Her lungs both were collapsed. She was on total life support. Everything was gone. and Nothing left except hope, clinging to hope and hoping for a miracle. And I began to try to put myself in his position, and it was devastating. And I sent out a message and asked the church to pray, and he asked the church to pray. But here's the thing. Her her dad said this. He continued to post even in the midst of being told that she's not going to live through the night. And here's what he posted. He's a good, good father. And whether he heals my little girl or not, I still believe. And I do not waver in my faith one bit. She's playing on an iPhone yesterday. No life support. Amen. Uh, Repaired, I mean, still got some ways to go, don't get me wrong, because all of the brokenness and all of this, but hey, she's still here. And he found somehow that grain of mustard seed called faith to believe when it wasn't popular to believe. And somehow you have got to know this. You must believe. And you see, because if you don't believe, you are doomed to start with. You cannot just curl up into the fetal position and give up uh, against struggle and adversity. You've got to understand that you were built for the fight. Amen? If God is for us, who can be against us? You see, the Bible tells me that uh, in my weakness, I am strong amen why because it is he that is in me he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world amen and if he is on my side and he is and I believe in him I shall not be ashamed blessed is that man or woman whose God is the Lord we shall not be ashamed remember Christians don't walk by sight we walk by faith. Amen? We walk by faith. Now, you know what? If we were in this room and it was dark completely, and if we turn these lights off, it would be. I'm telling you, with these blacked-out windows, it would be. And if we had somebody in the room just telling you which way to go. Hmm. See, because I, I pulled a stunt here, I don't know, it's been about a year ago, I guess. We had some bleachers. They went to the schools and got them, and these things are heavy as a dump truck and they stacked them in the, in the administrative hallway. I won't never forget, I'm in this power-saving mode, man, because, you know, we got to look after things around here. So I decided when I come in, I won't even turn the light on. I'll just head straight down to my office. It's right straight down the hallway. So I've got a big 48-inch aquarium light that I just paid 100 and something dollars for on my shoulder. I open the door, and right through the dark, man, here I am going as slow as I'm always going and I hit them bleachers that does not move right about here on the end of my knee. And oh man, I spilled right out in the floor. And I was saying, oh, 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 oh. Ah! Man, I was grabbing my leg and trying to find something to write that Josh and Melinda was fired immediately. Amen. (laughs) I'm telling you my leg was hurting so bad and I thought about what my dad would say, "Son, it'll feel good when it quits hurting." Huh? Man, but what I said that to say this? When it's dark and you don't understand, don't just run like me through there, but listen to him who knows the way that we take and when he has tried us, we shall come forth as gold. Job said, I know my Redeemer lives, and at that last day, even though skin worms have devoured this body, yet in my flesh shall I seek God and not another. Tis the season to believe. Believe. You see, why is it that you need to know this, and where is time going? I don't understand. But listen, I I need to take you to Mark chapter 9 real quick, and I'm probably going to have to paraphrase this. But the Bible says in Mark 9 and 14, here's a man that decided to do. He decided to believe, but he had problems. Notice this scripture with me. He said, when they came together, the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around him, teachers of the law, arguing with them. As soon as they saw the people, or the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed and with wonder, and they ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about? He asked, and the man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I've brought my son who's possessed by a spirit which has robbed him of his speech, and whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes with his teeth, and he becomes rigid, and I ask your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Jesus said, You unbelieving generation, how, you know, how long shall I stay with you, and how long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. So they brought him, and when the spirit saw Jesus, Did you hear this? The the demonic spirit was in the boy. He said, when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foamed at the mouth, and Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? And he said, from his childhood, it has often thrown him into the fire and sometimes into the water to kill him. You see, the enemy, all he wants to do is to kill and steal and destroy. He said, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus says, if you can. Jesus if you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Now hold that for a second, because I want to internalize that. I want you to look at you. In the mirror. Now you might not have a boy foaming at the mouth, throwing himself in fire and water, and trying to kill himself, or a demon spirit in him trying to do that. But you've got a dilemma in your own life right now. Tis the season to believe. And he said, "If you can, Jesus. If if you can, <laughs> yeah, sure I can. But everything is possible. Everything is possible to him who believes." And immediately the boy's father exclaimed here's where you're at I do believe help me overcome my unbelief and that sounds like a paradox it sounds almost impossible but what he says is I do believe you, Lord but I'm battling with this thing in me. Like Paul said, I I, I want to do good, but the good that I want to do, I don't always do. And that that I know I shouldn't do, I find myself doing. It's, it's a struggle within me. And some of you are saying, I know I believe the word of God. I know I believe the pastor. I know I believe there's a higher power and his name is the almighty God. But I'm still looking at circumstances that ain't lining up. I'm still looking at things that scare me out of my mind. Well, let me give you some advice, and it ain't in the notes. But cast your cares upon the Lord, for He cares for you. Wow, it's amazing. Cast your cares on the Lord, for He cares for you. If you can believe all things are possible, Lord, I believe. But help thou my unbelief. Now. Um, the Lord healed him, there ain't no doubt about it. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, Lord, I believe Help have my unbelief. Uh, and when, uh, when Jesus saw the crowd was running to the scene, uh, he rebuked the impure spirit, you deaf and mute spirit. He said, I command you, come out of him, never enter him again. So the Lord did heal him right there, amazing. But I going to tell you something, it didn't look like it. For the father, all the spiritual men that he knew, the, the disciples, they done tried. Hello? It's kind of like you go into the doctor and you get to see the P.A. And I'm not knocking P.A.'s, there's a wonderful P.A.'s, there's a wonderful nurse practitioners, But sometimes you just say, hey, I need to see the man or woman, whatever, you know, whatever. and I'm not knocking anybody else. I got you. I understand all that. But they said, hey, we done talked to the P.A. We've already talked to Simon, Peter. We've already talked to James, and we done talked to John. We done talked to all them, and ain't none of them got enough power to do it. They don't have what you got or something. Jesus said, but if thou canst believe, if you can believe, I'll never forget talking about building this building and, and the fear and the trepidation and how bad when the bank told me the, 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 the appraisal is $200,000 short and I like to lost my mind. And I had a, a, almost like a spiritual father of an overseer, calm as a cucumber. I mean, cool as a cucumber. Yeah, I just couldn't believe it. Brother Michael, the word of the Lord says, if thou canst believe. He said, I don't care what the bank says. I don't care what the appraiser said. God said, we are going to build that building and we will build it with them or without them. Somebody will loan us the money. Incredible faith. That's the ability to believe beyond the tangible. And when you believe beyond the tangible, that that you can touch, it has become faith. And faith is what moves God. Faith is what pleases God. So, Eugene Peterson said it like this in the Message Bible. Jesus said in 23, If there are no ifs among believers, anything can happen. If there are no ifs, Because we'll say, yada, 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 yada. If, he said, if there's no ifs, anything could happen. So, you need to know this. You need to do this. So, what what I want you to do, I want you to believe in the midst of your circumstances. I want you to believe beyond the tangible, what you can see. Some of you right now, you ain't seeing too much. I want you to believe beyond what you can touch it's the season to believe why do you need to do that because it is your last and best option amen I'm a skydiver some of y'all know that let me say this if we open that parachute and that monkey ain't looking right hello you hate to grab this handle and as we call cut it away that releases it to go away Because you're thinking, at least I got something up there. I don't really know what's going to come out. But it is your last and best option. If something's gone wrong, that's got to go. Because while you're up there 5,000 feet, it don't seem that bad to you. But if you get down below 1,000, it's too late to cut away now. And you realize you're not going to be able to survive a landing that fast. Take some action. So, so, it's your last and your best option. Oh, yeah. For you to believe, it's going to stretch you. But it's for your own growth. So, how is it? Uh, how can I leave this with you and drive this home? As much as the Grinch could not stop Christmas from coming. Satan, nor anybody else, they cannot stop what God has coming for you. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And let me say this. Some of you have been serving the Lord for a long time. and uh, Can I tell you what the typical situation is? Especially if you're new. The typical thing, I hear this all the time. I just started coming to church. I've only been coming two or three weeks. And my life has gone to hell in a handbasket. Soon as I tried to get right with God. My, my car got repossessed. My dog died. My wife walked out. Hello? And my dealer's after me now because I owe him money. (laughs) Yeah. That's an all-too-familiar story. You know why the devil does that? You know why it ratchets up so strong? It does because he knows that's his last-ditch effort. You're about to break into something with more liberty than you've ever had, with more freedom than you've ever had. So he's going (laughs) to launch every imp and demon in hell to torment you, but here's what I want you to know. If God has proclaimed something for you, the devil himself cannot stop it from happening. Nobody else can stop it. Your arch rival, your arch enemy cannot stop what God has coming your way. But here's the deal. You can. You can. You hold the linchpin in your hand. You you, you can How, how, pastor? By failing to believe. But Jesus said that that is the, the, that's it right there. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible. But if you can't wrap your head around the fact that God's going to take care of you, I don't care how bad it looks. You're the one that can stop it. The next way is by your failure to act you have to believe and then you have to act you've got to carry it out amen uh, you've got to say yes I I, can't. I I had a friend of mine he's going to be with the Lord now brother Wayne Horn and he used to tell me about fishing he was a great fisherman he he the these waters for a long long time and he fished yeah, he was just a great guy and he, he would sit there and he would tell me where to go. And he said, man, I mean, there's fish here. And So one day I was talking to him. He said, now, you're going to have to go to this place. And, man, you're going to have to be this far from this obstacle and yada, yada, yada. And I was kind of looking kind of like, man, I don't know. He looked at me and just stopped cold and said, listen, if you don't believe you're going to catch them, don't go. He said, I don't care if you go or not. He said, because he wasn't going anyway. But he said, I'm telling you where they're at. I'm telling you what tide they're going to be there. He said, but if you don't believe it, don't go. Pretty blunt, but that's just what he, that's kind of where he was. Listen, here's the deal. If you don't believe, it don't even do you no good to go. It don't do you no good to hang on if you don't believe. But I going to tell you something if you can believe and it is the season to believe all things are possible to him who believes every head bowed and every eye close with me if there's one here today and you're not believing you haven't reached that point yet that you can say okay God I believe can I see your hand right now as Adam sings something for me perhaps See one hand, somebody else? It doesn't do no good to go through the motions if you don't believe. You've got to believe. Let me pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, there are those right now, Lord, for those who raise their hand. Help them to believe no matter what the dilemma looks like, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the paperwork, no matter what the doctor, the banker, the lawyer, the counselor, no matter what they said. Lord, help them believe beyond the tangible. To believe beyond what they can control is probably a better definition. To believe beyond what they can control and to believe into the realm called faith where I can't do it but I trust God and he can when I'm weak he is strong so Lord right now tis the season to believe so I put my belief and my confidence in you Lord if there's one that don't know you as their personal savior right now the Bible says, if we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth that God raised his son Jesus from the dead, we shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as the only begotten son of the Father, who came and lived and died, was buried and rose again. You believe that in your heart, confess that with your mouth. The Bible says you are saved. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a big hand of praise as our hosts come.